0: Daily Mail Friday September 11th 14 years since that fateful day when the towers went down. It's a weird day for for a lot of people. It's a weird day for for me and for what I do cuz you know, it's mostly always jokes and goofing around and then all of a sudden there's this day that means so much to New York and I'm the New York blogger and I don't really know how to handle it cuz you know, am I really the person who should be talking about these things and and or should I just you know, keep trying to crack jokes and keep trying to make people laugh, never really know what to do. Um, I saw a good quote today though. I mean, you know, you know how these things go on uh, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and stuff on these days, everybody starts pouring out their heart. And I saw but I saw a good one today. It was, it said, uh, what separates us from the animals, what separates us from the chaos is our ability to mourn the people we never met. I don't know if you've never heard that quote. Maybe it's famous. Maybe it's not. It was the first time I ever saw it. But I thought it was appropriate for today, because there are so many people, especially here in New York, who were directly affected by it, or knew someone, or friends who had family members who lost people, uh, but you know, obviously people all around the country and all around the world mourn on this day as well, and I think that is an appropriate quote, and that is what kind of separates you from the chaos and from the people who do those things, is that we have the ability to mourn the people that we never met. So, there's my little sappy, uh, my little sappy talk for... September 11th. If you haven't watched the 30 for 30 uh, that they put out today, the 30 for 30 short on the first pitch that President Bush threw out during the 2001 World Series, just stop listening to my podcast right now. Turn this off and go watch that. It's like probably like half an hour, and it's worth every minute. Stop what you're doing and listen to it. It's That, that moment was one of the coolest moments ever in sports when he threw that perfect strike at Yankee Stadium. But to see the whole build-up to it, and they do a good job of just chronicling how you know, how terrible things were and how awkward it was to return to baseball. And people were kind of afraid, but they wanted to get back to normalcy, and they didn't know if they were allowed to. And here, The Yankees are in the World Series, and to hear the build-up. We all had always heard the story about how Jeter said, throw from the mound or they're going to boo you. But you hear it in his words. You hear Jeter talk about it. You hear George Bush talk about it talks about putting on the bulletproof vest and how he didn't want to wear it because it was going to impede him throwing the first pitch. Uh, and uh, it was just awesome. It's a really, really good piece. So if you haven't seen the 30 for 30, go check that out. Um, all right, well, enough of that. Let's talk about the good stuff. Well, this isn't the good stuff. This is a bad story to lead with when you're talking about the good stuff. But uh, Well, a baby was rushed to the hospital with a blood alcohol level of .294. This is in Wisconsin. 20-year-old mother got the scare of her life after discovering her one-month-old daughter was drunk with nearly a .30 BAC. New mother told the police she was uh, pushing her baby in a stroller when she noticed the child had red hands and toes and her eyes were closed and her legs were shaking. Turns out she had accidentally mixed the infant's baby formula with vodka instead of water. Uh, Classic mix-up. Classic mix-up here. They did the old put the vodka in the water bottle straight out of college. You know when you're hungover and you wake up and you reach for that Poland spring bottle on right next to your bed and you grab it and you take a swig of it, and it's not water. It's warm vodka from the night before, and it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. You want to you wanna throw up instantly, and really you want to die instantly. That vodka hits the back of your throat, and if you, if you had a gun in your hand in that exact moment, you would blow your head off. The old water vodka mix-up is one of the worst things that can happen to you in college. So, you know, I'm sure we're going to be talking about neglect. And it looks like, uh, you know, uh, oh, no, it says they've ruled it an accident and there are no charges. I was going to say I'm sure we're going to see like child endanger- endangerment charges or whatever. I'm happy to see that, that we're not because that's an honest mistake. And to be perfectly honest, as a, as a father-to-be, this kind of shit scares the fuck out of me. I mean, I'm fairly confident I'm not going to be mixing my baby's formula up with vodka. But, you know, shit happens a lot. I fuck up a lot of stuff. I, f- I screw up all day, every day. Professionally, personally, every which way, I fuck up all the time. So, now I'm going to have to like keep this thing alive. I'm probably going to fuck that up, too. Which is a scary thought. you would be like, your life's in my hands, and I'm pretty much owning up to the fact that I'm going to screw it up quite often. So, you know, it kind of feels good for me in a way that this baby was totally shit-faced. It sounds a little fucked up, but I'm, I'm happy that this baby was drunk off its ass with a point two nine four blood alcohol content because it sets the bar super low for me. Like, one day my wife comes home, and like she sees that my daughter has like rolled off the, the couch or something. And I'm in so much trouble, and I can be like, at least the baby's sober. She's not drunk. We're not taking her to the hospital because she's shit faced. That's worth something, no? Here, read this article from Wisconsin. That's what these parents did. Not as bad as they are. So shout out to uh, shout out to those people, Brian Smith and uh, and whatever the mom's name were. Thanks, thanks for the keep setting the bar real low for your boy KFC. Brooklyn College's longtime janitor is apparently also a cocaine dealer. I saw your boy Kay Marco blog this over on Barstool. U. A longtime janitor at Brooke, at the Brooklyn College in Flatbush has been moonlight, moonlighting as a campus cocaine dealer. Police say they nabbed the 46-year-old uh, as he sold bags of cocaine to undercover, undercover officers nine times between April and mid-July. The trick sales added up to around 1400 bucks. Um... He conducted narcotics trans- transactions during his work shifts, and in at least one instance, he was wearing his work uniform. Uh, it said that his an- annual salary was around thirteen grand. By two thousand thirteen, he was making about twenty-five grand. That's fucking peanuts, bro. Fucking, you don't want your drug, you don't want your your custodian to be a to be a drug dealer. Fucking, give him more money. Thirteen grand is your salary. Thirteen thousand dollars. After taxes that's like 600 bucks. 25 grand nowadays. I mean this is like the whole like the whole McDonald's the whole McDonald's thing. Yeah, you don't get fucking paid any money to flip burgers, so you probably have to be a drug dealer on the side. Same deal here with being a custodian at a Brooklyn college. I'll clean your toilets and shit, but I'm also going to sell
1: tons
0: of drugs to these college kids. I mean there's never been a better place to be a fucking drug dealer. On the list of best places to be drug dealers, it's like the club scenes in Miami or something. It's number three. Number two is the Ice Cream Man. There's just – it's like peanut butter and jelly. They, they go together perfectly. Ice Cream Man, you sell your ice cream, you sell your smoke bombs, and you smell your dime, sell your dime bags. And, you know, it's just like the perfect little gig. But number one on the list is having some sort of in on a college campus where there's just – Hundreds, if not thousands of kids just looking for drugs at all times. I'm, I mean, th- this guy was, they're saying he moonlighted as a drug dealer? No, 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 sir. This was a drug dealer who daylighted as a janitor. Because that th- dr- dealing drugs all those kids was his full-time gig. I think he's a genius. He's probably going to go to jail for a long time. When he gets out, though, somebody give that man a job. He should go like work with Mark Cuban, go on Shark Tank or something. I got this great idea where you find a bunch of kids and you sell them drugs. He's, in, he's, 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 it's ingenuity at its finest. Shout out to that guy. It sucks that you got pinched because you were doing the right thing in my book. How about this? PlayStation systems are responsible for the majority of, uh, porns console-based traffic. How about that? This blows my mind to me. Uh, I, I guess this is, long story short, I'm not gonna read the whole article here, but, they broke down all the different porn being watched on video game consoles. PlayStation was was responsible for 51% of all console-based porn traffic. Xbox generated 39% and the Wii was just 10%. You could watch porn through your fucking video game system now? I mean, I'm sounding like an old man here. And and don't get me wrong, I know that you can download like everything now like your I know that your Xbox and your PlayStation 9 is like a flat up computer now. So I'm not saying I, like, don't understand the technology of it. I get that you can download movies and games and, and, I guess, porn. I understand it, but I don't understand it. I can't imagine a world where you pick up those sticks and you got your controller in your hand and you're fucking navigating around with your your joystick. You're hitting the, the Z button on your Nintendo 64 controller Hitting the X button on your PlayStation, and you're bringing up porn—that to me is just like worlds colliding that I can't really wrap my head around. Like my, my last like major ma- video game memories is like playing Zelda on Nintendo sixty four or Mario Kart or Goldeneye, when I'm in full blown nerd mode. I'm sitting there worried about how I'm going to collect the third piece of the Triforce, not thinking about how I want to watch Belladonna put a bat in her asshole. It's just, to me, it's like, just keep those things separate. Separation of church and state. I want some separation of video games and porn in today's world. Because it, it's it's like, it's a mixture to me that I feel like the end of the world is coming. It's like, the you know, you know me. I'm not one to be like, go outside. Everybody go outside and get some fresh air. But I just think if you have video games and porn all at your fingertips in one location with your PlayStation controller... You're just bound to never leave the house and do anything. I don't know. I mean, I guess there's really not much of a difference between just hopping on your laptop and cracking stick to porn. But it just seems like an unholy alliance to me. It's like when Kane and X-Pac became a tag team. It was like oil and water. It doesn't mix. Keep your porn and your video games separate or bad things are going to happen. So it sounds like the uh, world's in pretty good shape for the millennials, where apparently 30% of millennials say they would sell an organ to get rid of student loans. How far would you go to erase your student loans? If someone offered you $30,000 for for your spleen, would you make that trade? If you're thinking, absolutely, sign me up, you're not alone. A new survey asked indebted adults uh, this and other would-you-rather questions and found out that a not-insignificant portion would forego their physical and psychological well-being in exchange for their student debt balance wiped out. (laughs) That is fucking crazy. But you know what? I think I'm down with it. I'm I'm, I'm seriously sitting here debating right now. I don't know. Spleens? I don't know what my spleen does. I think, I don't know if you need your spleen. I don't think you can. Do you need your spleen? I really don't know. Spleen doesn't sound like something you can donate. Like kidney, you got two of them. Appendix, you don't really need it. You can chop that thing out. There are certain things you need and you don't need in your body. I don't, spleen? I don't think you could donate your spleen. But would I donate a kidney for 30 grand? I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I'm spoiled I was lucky enough to come out of school without student loans. I saw Nate write his blog a couple weeks ago. Where he finally paid off his loans and he said it was like the greatest feeling in the world. I, I can imagine that. I can see where you feel like the fucking bell of the ball when you finally get all your money paid off. And would you rather, would you would you want to do it in one swipe to get rid of your spleen? I could go spleenless. As, again, as long as you don't really need your spleen. A little bit of a surgery. I've had like 10 surgeries. You get a bunch of painkillers afterwards. It's pretty awesome, to be honest. Everybody pities you. Like they, you get all like the pity help. You don't have to do anything hard because you're like, oh, you just went through surgery. And you get a bunch of painkillers. And then, bam, you have no student debt. 30%. Why isn't – that seems low now. Now that I've talked myself into it, I'm like, why isn't this 100%? You know, it's a much easier way to make money, though, rather than selling internal organs, chopping your body open, and giving other people parts of your human anatomy. Going over to DraftKings.com. It's America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where you can win millions of dollars at the drop of a hat. And Week 1 is finally here. We're just a couple days away from the largest fantasy football contest of all time. The $10 million challenge for Week 1 in the NFL is this Sunday, where you can win $2 million as the first place winner, $1 million if you come in second place, and there's $7 million more million being distributed to everyone else who finishes in the money. It's the largest fantasy football contest of all time. Not even close. And all you got to do is head over to DraftKings.com right now and use the promo code DAILY and sign up. You don't have to worry about drafting a team. You don't have to worry about uh, long seasons and annoying friends. And you don't have to worry about waiting to get your money until the end of the season. You can get your money right now. This Monday, you could be a millionaire from DraftKings.com. So head over to DraftKings right now and use that promo code DAILY and get involved. And we wrap up today where police... In uh where is this? Oh, in Boston. Okay, cool. This is America. I think this is gonna be America. Police in Boston have foiled a plot to carry out a mass shooting at the Pokemon World Championships. The gunmans, the, the gun gunmans, the gunmen, the men with the guns, boasted about their plans on social media. Kevin Norton, an 18-year-old, and James Stumbo, a 27-year-old, made threats on social media. In a Facebook post, Stumbo joked about, quote-unquote, killing the competition at the event. He also posted a, sh- a picture of a shotgun and an AR-15 in the back of his car. They were stopped while trying to enter the tournament in Boston. They discovered The cops discovered the guns, rifle, and hordes of ammuni- am- ammunition and a knife in their car. they have been arrested on multiple firearms charges. Um, they were invited to the Pokemon World Championships in the, quote, Masters Division. The uh, event attracts thousands of people and offers over $500,000 in scholarships. And these fucking wackos, we're going to try to shoot it up. So shout out to the Boston police for foiling that plot. I'm always, I'm always shocked when we hear about how these things get get foiled. And obviously today, on September 11th, it's a shame that we weren't able to stop the granddaddy of them all. But you probably take for granted how many plots uh, are, are foiled. How many times people are planning crazy shit like this, and somehow law enforcement is always one step ahead, and they always they always know what's about to go down. It's impressive. Also, though, that's that's not why I brought this up. Uh, if you go to the Pokemon World Championships, you are asking to be shot up. That place has shooting spree written all over it. I mean, every time you see these shootings, who is it? It's it's like a weird, nerdy, creepy. Looking insecure, white teenage kid, right? And every time you see fucking Pokemon, what do you see? I mean, I guess you also see a bunch of fucking Asians, but you throw that at, that out, and the rest of it is the same exact profile as people who do these mass shootings. So, uh, long story short, don't fucking play Pokemon. What is, what is Poke? What is Pokemon? Pokemon? I don't even know how to say it. Is it? It's still going on? It's 2015. People are still playing Pokemon. Giving away five hundred grand for that shit? Uh, maybe, maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe I take that back. Maybe I'll, maybe, I, maybe I'll get into Pokemon and try to win half a million dollars. Here's what I'm gonna do: I'm gonna sell my kidney. I'm gonna play Pokemon. I'm gonna get rich, bitch! That's what's up. I'm out for the weekend. Oh, okay. Uh, do me a favor: go listen to Mail Time. My favorite episode ever. Me, Jim Brewer, legendary comic, diehard Mets fan. Probably the most fun I've ever had doing a podcast. You got to give it a listen. It's awesome. Shout out to Jim for doing it. And uh, that's it for me this week. I'll catch you guys next time.